This TCU team has been, uh, I think, different than most of us thought. And we have a great guest coming up next in our TCU Fan Corner episode that's going to give us uh, some good perspective on this football team. So we'll do that next here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Lockdown Horn Frogs, we're team every day. In the box next to me is Tommy Fisher, uh, at TRF51 on Twitter or X. If you follow Tommy on Twitter or you're just kind of around TCU folks, you'll probably see his tweets. If you're involved in Horn Frog Blitz, you'll probably see him post on the message board there. Tommy is a really knowledgeable uh, person, has been a good guest before for us, uh, played college football, uh, spent some time in Hawaii, eventually moved to Fort Worth, and – kind of settled on TCU as his team to follow. And so um, it's been an interesting year, man. Like, obviously, I had higher expectations. Now they've lost two games by three points, a combined six points. Um, I guess we'll start with the quarterback because that is unexpectedly for me kind of become a lightning rod this week. I know Chandler had a rough night in the second half against West Virginia. But overall, what have been your thoughts on how he's played so far taking over uh, for Max Duggan as a full-time starter? So I think he's been decent. I mean, I think he's been good in some games. Uh, I think he was awesome the first half of this last game. Yeah. And then uh, obviously the second half happened, and I'm not sure what they did um, because when you're watching it on TV, you can't see like if they're if they're having somebody shadow or they're doing a delayed bit blitz or or what they're doing. But something that they did at halftime definitely changed the way he was playing. Um, the first thing they got more pressure, but they got pressure on in the first half too. Protection is absolutely horrible. <clears throat> um, I think then I think he just I was waiting for him to tuck it and run it. Yeah. And he never seemed to do that. There was a couple of times where he kind of leaked around the corner and you thought that he was gonna run, but then he threw it late. And one of them he threw and it bounced off one of the defenders. So um I think his confidence was rattled a little bit in the second half. Um I think to just the bodies around him. He didn't trust it. I don't think he trusts what he saw. His feet were hardly ever set. I mean, especially when he's trying to run, um, throw on the run. Um, his mechanics were off and his throws were off and his decision-making wasn't the greatest at times, to be honest. So, but I mean, if you put 95% of the quarterbacks, especially in college in that situation, you're not going to get a very different result. Mm-hmm. Right? The people around him need to be better, especially the offensive line. Um, I, I look back at, you know, Tom Brady was all world that undefeated team until they played the Giants and the Giants got that pressure on him and he looked at that, you know, and the Super Bowl is like probably 15 years ago now or something. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, he needs protection. He needs time. Um, I think the offensive coordinator failed him. I think, you know, the failure to adjust to whatever it is that they did um, is concerning. Well, and I think all those are good points. And, yes, the great equalizer with any QB is get pressure because that that gets guys uncomfortable, gets them off their spot. Um, and I think Chandler has arm talent, but I feel like it's it's a different type of arm talent. Like he's not a guy that's going to throw it 70 yards down the field. You know, he can kind of rip it in tight windows in the intermediate game. Um, but I did a show with Matt yesterday. I it posted this morning. 
and I was thinking about this more last night because like I felt I felt like I was we were both pretty negative on the offense. And I like that's not a problem for me. I don't mind calling something bad if it's bad and they're bad in the second half. Yeah. But at the same time, I also wonder if I sort of got caught up in the moment because yeah, like things have been an adventure. I feel like they've left points on the board. And you know, even the Colorado game, like, yeah, you scored forty two points, but if you don't if they don't have a couple turnovers and if you're able to, you know, convert in the red zone, you win that football game. Um, but I'm just starting to wonder, Tommy, do you feel like Saturday was more of like, all right, you know, you, you have some clunkers every once in a while. Like one, every year you have one or two, uh, whether it's offense or defense, where one side of the ball just doesn't play well. And you hope that you can kind of survive those games and, and win them even in spite of that. Um, do you think that was what happened Saturday, or do you feel like there's more long-term issues with the offense that are going to get you know brought up until they can they can fix what's going wrong? So, I mean, somebody said a long time ago that a browse offense is great getting you yards from the 20s to the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. They can't get you that two yards when you need it. Yeah, and I have seen nothing to say that that is not true. You know. Um, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think we're going to move the ball. I think we have a lot of weapons and I think, you know, we, we spread it around a lot and we're, we're hard to cover because we don't have a dude, but we have a lot of dudes that can, that are capable. <coughs> Defense can't really focus and just take out one person. Um, that's a good thing. And that's a bad thing. The bad thing about that is I'm, I'm not sure who that the go-to guy is, right? I'm not going right. to have a go-to guy. Um, as far as, you know, Am I concerned? I I think the offense is going to move the ball. We're going to have a lot of empty yards. And to be honest with you, that's a lot of what we've had is a lot of empty yards. Um, People talk about the echo rate. People talk about different stats, statistics. And you don't need to look at statistics. You just need to, you know, we don't, we get in the red zone. We don't, we don't score touchdowns. Yeah. And that, I'm not sure if that's the offensive line, if that's the play calling. I think it's a combination of things. Um, we're just, we're just, we're not clicking, you know, and there's no, you see, you see glimpses here and there, every game, there'll be like two or three drives. You're like, okay, okay, we could do it. Then mm-hmm. we don't do anything. Yeah. Or then we go up the line, we have a false start and then we have a holding penalty, you know, and we just, we're always, or, or my favorite, the, the jet sweep with the receiver, which I don't think it's worked once, but yet we try to run it yeah. every, once yeah. every, every quarter. Yeah. And it's just part of it is we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And the other part of it is the, the scheme. And I'm not, I'm, I know Chandler has strengths and I know that if they're going to take, you know, if they're taking like this last game, if they have, if they put the two safeties back, right, that means that they're taking away the deep, you know, the intermediate, the intermediate game should be what should be available to you. He should right. excel at that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his thing. He's not a deep ball kind of guy. Right. And yet we did what we did, and we got one yard in the third quarter. And I'm like, I don't understand how that's even possible. But, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think they tried to mitigate some of that with quick game stuff, and then they couldn't run the ball, which makes everything harder. But um what do you where do you stand on the o-line i, I know coleman was out coleman's gonna be back this week so that that'll make a difference uh so so i'm i'm thinking okay so the first thing they come into the year right you have two known commodities right both of your tackles 
Yes. You know what to expect out of them. You know they can play. They just made a national championship run, right? But yet, for some reason, we have to go ahead and kind of tinker with that and try to experiment with that. And I don't know why we did that, but we did it. We put one person who was comfortable on the right-hand side, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we take them on the left-hand side. And that's a different position. That requires, you know, a different twitch, you know, more of a twitchy guy, right? And then we take the guy who we knew could play on the left-hand side of the tackle and we pump him into guard. And I'm, it just hasn't worked, man. It just, it's not good. And we, we keep doing it. And and like right now, I'm not even sure, like, even if you were to move him back now, because if you would, if it would even work anymore now, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't understand the logic of doing that. I think, you know, when we're all healthy, we're probably a C plus B minus offensive line when we're all healthy and when we're not healthy, I mean, you, we saw what just happened. Yeah. We brought in these people, these transfers, and I think some of them have played pretty well. Um, it's just, you know, the, the lucky, the thing about last year, what made last year so special and everybody says this is we had the same five guys the entire year, right? Mm-hmm. We've already been missing one and one or two at a time, you know, yeah. in situations. And, you know, part of that's good because you're getting the other guys behind them, getting them experience in case something happens. And obviously something did happen. Um, And, you know, they had to play the entire game. But, you know, it's just as good as the true freshman is, he's still a true freshman. And these are grown, grown dudes, especially West Virginia's. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, you know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm so kind of concerned that people are going to see exactly what they did to us that second half against West Virginia and we're going to, we're going to have, that's what they're going to do against us going forward. Yeah. You know, West Virginia, yeah, they had a good defense, but there's other people that even have, have even better defenses that we still have on the schedule. So I don't know, like if we were to do that against Texas with their defensive line, Oh geez, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. That's an ugly, that's a really ugly day is what it is. I mean, yeah, you're, like, yeah. and, and we didn't adjust. So it's like, that's coaching. So it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to say something positive. Right. But, yeah, I, I got you. It, I mean, it wasn't It wasn't good. And, I, I mean, honestly, like you said, the first half was good. And so maybe the third quarter you just get whipped for whatever reason. And all of a sudden you look up and now it's the fourth and you're down by three and pressure starts to set in and things just aren't aren't working like they should. Um, and, yeah, the O-line, I mean, it's been, it's been an adventure. I don't think Nichols has been as good as – Maybe they thought he was going to be in, in these game situations. And then I don't know, like, I mean, not to take anything away from, from Whitfield. He's, he's been okay. But uh, Colton Deary was a the guy they talked a lot about in, yeah. in camp. And, you know, sometimes as fans or as media people, like, we can make up in our mind a, a player's hype. But, like, that was a dude who started most of – I know it was because Lands was injured. But he was – I mean, he was running with the first team for the majority of, of fall practice. Um, and so, like, I, I think it's time to be like, all right, well, maybe maybe give him a few snaps and just see what he's got, whether that's at center or at guard. I don't know what, what the best fit would be. But um, there, there's some things they can do. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk more about this team and kind of where they're at. Moving forward, expectations, all that coming up next here on Lockdown on Frogs. Okay, I do want to talk briefly about eBay Motors, though. If you're watching on YouTube, you see on the screen, right parts, right fit, right prices eBay uh, guaranteed fit is available to U.S. customers. You know, listen, if you need to find a part for your vehicle, for your car, that's really that can be a really overwhelming thing. Don't let it overwhelm you. Um, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. They have over 122 million parts. Uh, that's a crazy selection. You always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts and prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and keep that uh, bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. We thank them for being a sponsor here of the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, bringing Tommy back into the frame here. Um, briefly about the wide receivers. You know, I think, like, it feels like J.P. Richardson's kind of the guy when he's healthy that Chandler's most comfortable with. I will say, though, Tommy, I was, like – and I was kind of not down on him, but I, I remember as the season approached, I was like, maybe we need to pump the expectations a little bit on Dalen Wright. Um, but he looks good. And he looks like – I mean, he's physical. I think Savion did some nice things. Maybe they're turning a corner there. I don't know if anybody's emerged as the dude, but it feels like they might have find might have found three or four players that are clearly the best, you know, in the rotation at the moment. Yeah, I was impressed with what I saw by Savion this last game. He showed some grit. He showed some toughness. Um, he didn't go down. That's that's I've noticed that in a couple of games this year when he got the ball like on a mm-hmm. quick game or something. He's broken two or three tackles and he's ran hard. And it's just like I think he sees. His opportunities ain't, ain't, as, ain't as plentiful as he thought maybe they would be. So he's taken an advantage of the opportunities that he does have. Um, I've been impressed with him lately. Um, I've been impressed with JPR. I think JPR is runs excellent routes. He's got solid hands. Um, I have yet to see Beck. I've yet to see him drop a ball. You know. Yeah. I think he he could be more involved. Um, I'd like to see him in the slot sometimes or H back or something. I'd I'd like to, I just think he's a weapon. I think he's physical. He's a little sturdier than the rest of the receivers. He could probably block a little better. Um, And he's got strong hands. I like the way he attacks the ball. Um, Yeah. I think, I think flash has shown some things. I mean, Mm -hmm. in this last game, he was kind of the go-to guy for Chandler. He, he He made some big third, fourth down conversions. Um, yeah, and, and Dylan Wright, I think Dylan Wright is probably the most physically gifted out of the yeah. actually playing. He's, he looks smooth. He's got ideal size, ideal speed. He's got a good frame. Um, he seems to run pretty good routes. He, he, he's, he's explosive in and out of his cuts. Um, I think he can I – think, I think if there's a couple plays, um, the false start, um, and then the one where Chandler got called for intentional grounding, you know, I think those are just – the more repetitions he gets, the more with, with him and Chandler, the better yeah. I think things are going to be. And, you know, unfortunately he's missed most of the season so far. I think he's only played in two games. Mm-hmm. So um, I think going forward, I think he could be that guy, like you said. Yeah. The reps in practice are a big deal. I know that's something that Sonny's talked about with, with a lot of different guys just not being available. And so it's affected, it's affected the game with communication and, and those types of things. Uh, so defensively, First game was bad. Now they've been they've been better since. Tommy, I don't know how. I think SMU has a good offense, probably not as good as you would typically see from an SMU team. Uh, West Virginia is kind of limited. We know who Nichols and Houston are, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of hopeful about the defense at the moment. We'll see what they do. You know, down the stretch here, I think BYU will be a a better kind of look at where they're at and the strides they've made. It feels like as as inexcusable as the first game was in that performance, they've 
done what they can to, to kind of make up for it since then. Yeah, the only I think the defense played phenomenally compared to where they where they started. I think the back set. I mean, the front seven has gotten better, and I think uh, we've really gotten better in the defensive backfield. I think we're covering a lot better. I noticed when I watch, I, I was it was just, it would always bother me that the safeties would be like twenty yards back, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like third and two or something. I, I noticed yeah. some of that's kind of a change, a little bit. The alignment's coming, you know, change a little. Mark Perry's coming up in the box a lot more. Um, I think the only thing that I would do is um, I'd probably have a different rotation with the defensive line. I know that they want big, bulky dudes that probably are not the fastest, but they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, right? Um, I would play. I would play. Uh, I would play deal in half the time that Macy's out there. I'd I put deal. I think he's a little. He's a bigger guy. He's more dynamic. He's going to be able to get to the passer a little better. Um, I think the defense has played good. There's been a couple times where it's like, like we have to, we know that something's going to happen, but we have to play with fire and let it burn us before we make any adjustments. I mean, yeah. we knew going into this West Virginia game that the quarterback, you know, he's not going to throw for a bunch of yards. He's a threat as a runner, right? And, and it seemed like that one time where he made that one run to get the touchdown, I think his spy was, uh, was our linebacker. And I think what the linebacker did, is he blitzed? It was like a delayed blitz. Yeah. And all he had to do was just run around. Everybody else is in man coverage. All he had to do is just make him miss and go, and that's what he did. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, but I think the defense is going to keep us in games. Um, they definitely kept us in this last game. We we put them at a severe disadvantage with the field position. Um, yeah. they, they did. They did everything that you could expect or everything you could want. Where are you at with some of the younger guys that? that maybe you want to stay on the field or, or if you don't, I mean, you can say that too, but um, I, I know that's been a, a hot topic. Like as people have been reaching out to me, well, it's, it's time to let some of these young guys go, which I understand it. I still feel like it's a little early in the season to be acting like, I mean, you're three and two, you're not, you're not one and four. Like right. there's, there's still games to be played. There's still things on the line. So I'm not in this mode of like, you know, September call-ups. Let's just let everybody do what they can do. Um, are, are there specific players though that you'd like to see more of, kind of moving forward throughout the season? There, is, there are. Um, I just mentioned Deal. I think yeah, I see Deal because I, I, I've actually seen him do it in a game. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to see uh, was it Fournette? Uh, the yeah, Randon Fournette. Yeah, yeah Fournette. He's, he's played well in the repetitions he's had. He's got in. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to see Cordell, um, but. I'm trusting that there's a reason why we're not seeing him, you know, um, maybe, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if it's the playbook or he doesn't understand something, but I think raw physical talent, I, I think just watching his high school stuff, he's a different dude. Um, yeah. And I totally thought he'd be like the guy on the team right now, but it's, I, I think he will be, I think it's just going to take time. Um, you know, Jonathan Bax was a guy that everybody was talking about the linebacker yeah. coming out. Um, I haven't. I don't think I've even seen him get on the field. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. We we can't just start playing guys to play them to get them experience, right? They got to earn it, right? And mm -hmm. and if if you were to, if you're going to just play guys to get them experience, you're sending the wrong communication to your team, right? That basically say, oh, we're we're done for this year. We don't, you know, we can't achieve yeah. our goals this year, so we're just going to play these other people. And that's not the way to go because you got you know you got people that came back for their senior year. You got you know, 
people that have NFL dreams on the line. And it's like, you want to give them the best chance at the best season they can possibly have. And, you know, we're not at practice. So I'm trusting that the coaches are playing the people who practice the best. No, I totally get that point. And I think like as difficult as it is, you know, not that coaches are infallible, but we, we sort of have to defer to them on these things because they're, I mean, they're the ones that are there every day. Like we're not, you know, yeah, we can all look and say, Cordell Russell, I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. I think he's going to be a huge impact player for TCU. Uh, and so I don't know exactly why he's not on the field, but I know there's a lot of more experienced players that are ahead of him right now. And he missed most of spring. He missed basically all of spring camp. So um, there are typically reasons this is going down. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk to Tommy about just expectations and what he thinks this team can do moving forward. We'll do that next here in Lockdown Horn Frogs. All right, before we go, um, Tommy, what do you think this team can accomplish now? I mean, I know it's – we talked about some of the issues on offense and some of the things you feel like you'd love to see it happen, but you're not sure it can based on based on what you've witnessed so far. Um, what do you think the ceiling for this team can be now at this point at five games into the season? So the biggest thing that I'm afraid of is that what happened to Oklahoma State last year is going to happen to us this year. Um, Oklahoma State was a top 10 team to tell they came and played us. And then they we they had the they had the lead at halftime. We came back, we won, and since then they just fell apart, right? Um, so I hope the players buy in, you know, and, and you the coaches can say and do what they want, but if the players are not bought in, it's not gonna happen because the coaches can't go do it for them. The players have to do it, the players have to buy in. Um so if the players buy in, I think we can win the rest of our games on our schedule, except for maybe one or two of them. You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have the team that could beat Texas, especially if Texas is rolling. To be honest with you, um, Oklahoma, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure that they've looked good on offense um, this last game, and but the game before they only scored 20 points on a Cincinnati team, and I don't know how good Cincinnati is. I know that BYU right. just beat them. Um, so I, I think I'm, my expectations originally coming in the year that would be that we would be a 10 and two team. Mm-hmm. That has changed. I did not see us losing to the teams that we lost to. Um, so I don't have us going undefeated the rest of the way to be 10 and two. So I think for me, I think we're an eight win team, maybe a nine win team. And that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, that's on the good side. Now, if we, don't learn from our mistakes. And if we continue making the, you know, and if we don't gel, then we could be a six win team or a five win team. So I'm hoping for an eight to nine win team. Yeah. And everything you said is correct. Uh, man, five or six would be, would be really fascinating just to kind of see how everyone handles that. But I agree with you. I think eight is reasonable. And I think eight, if it happens, and you get a decent bowl game and you play well, then you're feeling good about the trajectory of where you're at and right. sort of sort of moving forward. Um, you, you feel like you've you've salvaged some things, and maybe that's where I think I think this is such a pivotal year for us. You know, yeah. um, all the instability with conference realignment and everything like that's like we need to be playing our best right now. We need to not. You know, I know some people talk about. Um, what is it like every, every, the cycle, right? The big 12 cycle. And it's true because if you, you know, like Oklahoma state's on, they, they were, they're high and same with Baylor and now they're yeah, down, they're down, you know, yeah. the, once they grow them up, they get higher again. But 
I would hope, and I know you mentioned this in the past, we recruit well enough. And with the transfer portal, we shouldn't be the type of a team where you should see these, you know, every third year you're really good and, and then you're down here and then you're here and then you're here. Yeah. So here, here, here. We should be able to maintain in here, you know. Right. And especially if we want to be the big dogs in the new Big 12, we're going to have to because there's going to be some competition. And if Dion stays in Colorado, they're going to, they're going to recruit at a phenomenal level, mm -hmm. right? Say what you want about him, Dion can recruit. Yeah, he can. And, and there that and he's going to want to recruit the same type of kids that we're trying to go after. And yeah. Utah's Utah, Utah's you know they're like Kansas State with a little more talent, you know. Mm -hmm. So if we want to be the team, we need to we need to step it up in recruiting. We need to win on the field because I think if we win on the field, that's going to you know reinforce the recruits that are kind of on the fence, like. You know, okay, yeah, they did it the first year, but can they maintain or sustain success? We need to sustain success. No, they need to break that trend because I mean, twenty and listen, twenty seventeen was different because I feel like if we were all honest about it, yes, that was a good team, that was a special team, and what they accomplished, but they were clearly not close to the level of Oklahoma that season. And you sort of knew, like, okay, this yeah. is a, a good team that found a way to win games. Um, twenty eighteen had to drop off. But, I mean, it, it really hasn't been since 2014, 2015 that they put two good years together, and that was uh, probably the best talent they ever had on any TC roster ever with that core group of guys. Um, and so it, it's important that they find a way to kind of kind of rally here. But he's Tommy Fisher. I'm Stephen Simcox. Uh, we appreciate him for coming on the show. It's been Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.